morning to you all brethren uh, I'm glad to take note of uh, the various uh, uh, people that uh, we have connected we have some that are connecting um, for these services for the first time and people that are connecting from uh, different parts of, um, of the world but uh, we will rejoice in the Lord for yet another opportunity that he has given unto us to come together uh, on a virtual platform and, and, and share, you know, from, from, from the word of God. You know, one thing that gives us confidence and one thing that keeps us assured is that God does not change. And God is, is, is unfailing. You know, he, we know for those that are part of the, the church groups, you know, there's been prayer going out for the Apostle Fisher, uh, uh, prayer going out for his family. And we are, we are hearing good reports of, of what God is doing in their lives. And this is happening despite the fact that we are in different locations. So my prayer this uh, morning is that even as we share from the word of God, the power that is in that word, let it touch lives. The authority that is in that word, let it transform lives. That this may not be a session of information sharing, but let it be a time of an awakening. Let it be a time of strengthening let it be a time that those who have drooping shoulders may stand up straight, that those who might have feeble knees, they be restoration of strength in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Yeah, so we, uh, it's, it's good to have uh, Tawanda Anna Mercy. We haven't been with you for some time. Uh, Brother Nokwara, uh, thank you so much for opening for us. Um, uh, this, this, this service you know on, on, on Wednesday I'm going to ask NQ just to put up the slide for today or on, on Wednesday we uh, embarked on a journey where we shared uh, scripture from the word of God around the subject of what we are, we are calling laying down my life and uh, we had uh, three main scriptures that uh, we shared and the desire was for us to go through these um, portions of scripture with the intention of um, getting revelation knowledge of what it means to lay down our lives. Uh, just to give a refresher, we looked at John 10 verses uh, 11 up to 18 where the Lord Jesus Christ himself uh, was speaking of him being the good shepherd and how he was laying down his life for the sheep. And we went on to talk, uh, to read John 15 verses 9 to 13. These were also the words of the Lord Jesus Christ and um, where he spoke of uh, no man having a greater love than that of laying down his life for his friends. We, we went on to uh, look at 1 John 3, verse 9 up to 16. And um, the Word of God there brought out a very important dimension 
where it it brought to our attention that we now know what love is because Christ laid down his life and we also ought to lay down our lives for for the brethren so the, this is a very interesting um, uh, subject matter because everyone treasures their life we just spoke in brief on Wednesday that you know whenever a person is 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 faced with a situation that is life threatening it, it doesn't matter what it is they will do whatever is within their power to save their life or to preserve their life because life is so dear to us but but um we want to put this particular subject into context with regard to the issues that we, we read and with regard to what the Word of God teaches around this particular um, subject matter. There is also a scripture that we, we, we read in addition to these three, which was in the book of Mark, Mark chapter, um, chapter 8, and I, I'm just going to read Mark chapter 8, verses 34 up to 36 and um, and this is the Lord Jesus Christ again who was speaking here he says and when he had called the people to himself with his disciples also he said to them whoever desires to come after me whoever desires to come after me let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospels will save it. Very profound words uh, coming from the, from the Lord. You know, during the course of the week, as we were reading the scripture, you know, the, the line of thought was, Lord, how, how do you want us to approach this particular subject matter? So based on the image that uh, we, we, we had shared, there are two questions that we had put up on that slide. And the question is what? And the other question is how? You know, the what question is going to give us or arm us with knowledge on what is it or what does it mean to lay down our lives? And the how question is going to help us to leave that particular word. In other words, it's going to help us to move from just being hearers of the word on laying down my life to being doers of the same word. So that is the approach that we are going to take this morning uh, by God's grace. We are going to ask what exactly is it to lay down your life? And the question, how then do you lay down your life? Those are the two things that we are going to be asking today, answering today in our session. You know, we, we, we are going to look at um, a portion of scripture which is, um, which is a common scripture to many of us. A scripture which is found in the book of Philippians chapter 2. 
I'll ask us to turn to the book of Philippians chapter 2 and it was speaking of our Lord Jesus Christ. You know, the beauty that we have, the beauty of the Christian faith is that we have an example. We have the example of the Lord Jesus Christ and we have the example of men and women who have walked this walk of faith. And you see, the good thing about having an example is that it helps to un unveil, it helps to bring understanding even on things that may be regarded as mysterious. So examples are very important, brethren. Let us not uh, downplay examples because they help us in, un in, un in unveiling and in understanding Things that probably we might not be clear about. So Philippians chapter 2 uh, verse 5, it speaks about the place that the Lord Jesus Christ was, was at. And the word of God starts by speaking to the body of Christ or to the body of believers. And it says in Philippians 2, verse 5, Let this mind be in you. Or in other words, let this way of thinking, let this attitude be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bond servant, and coming in the likeness of a man, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death on the cross. Now, when we speak about laying down our lives, we are talking about surrendering our lives for a cause. And remember what we said, your life is your time. Your life is your choice. That's what constitutes your life. Your life is your time. Your life are your choices that you make. Your life is what we, we, can, we can also say your will. That which you will to do. All those, the three sum up what your life is. And here the word of God giving us an example of our Lord Jesus Christ. It tells us of the, of the privileged place that he was at. In the presence of God. The place of authority that he was at. But because of a higher call that God had placed on his life. He humbled himself up to the point of death. In other words, he surrendered his will to God. He surrendered his being to God. He surrendered his privileges and his rights in order to serve the purposes of God. So you see, the word of God then goes on to tell us that, look, Christ laid down his life. And when he did that, it made us know what love is. 
So as a result of that, we also ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. So what is laying down our lives is surrendering our will, surrendering our being, and surrendering our time for the purposes of the kingdom of God or serving the interests that are made reference to in the kingdom of God. We read in Mark chapter 8 where it says, look, if anyone desires to follow me, let him deny himself. You know, the word deny can be, can have synonyms like refuse. But, uh, you know, many a times when that word comes, it's a very strong word. The word of God is not saying uh, neglect your life. No. Because, you know, sometimes when you hear the word deny, you, it, it means, ah, well, there is nothing that is happening in my life. And uh, I, I am just, the, it's not saying that. It is saying, let your life be surrendered to a greater call. Just like what Christ's life was, it was surrendered to a greater call. And we will go and, and uncover how then can we realize the issue of having our lives surrendered to a greater call. Because it's easy to understand the what, it is easy to understand the what question. What is it to what is it to lay down your life? We've already explained it. But sometimes it becomes very difficult to understand the how part. And we pray also that God will help us to unveil the what? The how part. But the call to each and every one of us is that let us lead lives that are surrendered to a higher calling, just as Christ did. And we know what happened when he surrendered to that greater call. Many, including us today, have been brought into the presence of God, have been brought near to, to where God is. Because of Christ having surrendered to a greater call. And you will see as we go on how the same thing can happen to our lives individually and corporately as a body when we lead lives that are surrendered to a greater call. You know, yesterday we, we posed a question um, on the group. And the question was, based on what we, we read in the force on the three, three main scriptures, uh, John 10, John 15, and first John 3, uh, 16, what, are the what is the recurring theme or what are the recurring themes that are in this portion of scriptures? And I, I thank God for the brethren that did send some, some, some responses uh, because... Um, that concurred even with what I had uncovered from, from the word of God. No, there are two issues that are common or two themes that are common in the scriptures that we read. And I want us to understand or 
I would want us to look at them as ingredients. For those of us who cook and for those of us who like preparing certain things, ingredients are very important in the sense that when you have the right ingredients, you will have the right output. You cannot cook millimeal porridge without the millimeal. It's an essential ingredient to that which you want to cook. And I believe that based on the scriptures that we read, they are what we want to call ingredients. In other words, inputs that will help us to lay down our lives for the brethren. And based on what we read, the two that stood out, one is the issue of love, and two is the issue of following a commandment. The issue of love and the issue of following a commandment. And we, you know, the word of God says a lot about, on the subject of love. And even in our day-to-day -day lives, we have heard so much on the subject of, of love. But I want us to zero in on a particular kind of love or on a particular example of love. And this love that we want to talk about is the love of Christ. Amen. If we turn our Bibles to the book of Ephesians, to the book of Ephesians, this is the Apostle Paul as he was writing to the church in Ephesus. And from verse 14, he says, for this reason, Ephesians 3 from verse 14, I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, and that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and the, and the length and the depth and the height to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. The word of God they introduces us to a love of Christ. And he says, look, this, the, the desire is that you may comprehend the desire is that you may understand this love because it is a love 
which is long. It is a love which is so wide, a love which is deep, and a love which is high. He says, to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge. Meaning that this is not just a love which is, is, is head knowledge. Or this is not just love which is in the faculty of the intellect. But it is love which goes deeper than that. Because it is love which passes knowledge. And for me to be able to lay down my life, I must have one, an understanding of the love of Christ. And two, I must have that love working inside of me. Because minus that, it will always be my will. It will always be my choices. It will always be my preferences. It will always be my comforts that I will put before the interests of any other person. But we are saying laying down your life is surrendering to a bigger cause or to a greater cause. And how we can achieve that is when we allow the love of Christ to be the one that is working in us. Because it is such a great love. Because Christ demonstrated that love. Even when he was in the garden of Gethsemane, faced with, with, with the cruel death, in his prayer he says, Oh Lord, let your that your will be, not, your, not my will, but your will be done. In other words, it was, look, it is, a, it is a, 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 not a comfortable place that I'm in. It is not a comfortable place that I'm getting into. But for the sake of a greater call, I am yielding to you. And he laid down his life. Why? Because of the love. Christ was in the Father and the Father was in Christ. So the love of Christ is the love of the Father. Because it says, for God so loved the world that he gave. Hallelujah. So that is the, 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 the one particular ingredient that even as we go down our, on our knees to pray, Father, that I may walk in the love of your Son, that I may understand the love of your Son. And, and you see, the good thing with us who are in Christ, it says that that love has been poured into our hearts by the Holy Spirit. But it's easy, you know, to allow love for self to drown that love that has been shared upon your heart. And how can that happen when I put my will ahead of the will of the Father? I can do that. Because see, God respects the will of mankind. But his desire is that men through love 
will submit to the will of God. Because I can suppress the love of God that is within me. I can suppress it to an extent that it may appear as if it is not there, but no, it is there. But I have just suppressed it and I've allowed love for self, love for my own preferences and my own comfort to take the lead. It can happen. But God is saying, look, lose your life for my sake and you will find it. Lose your life for my sake and you will save it. As we read in, in, in Mark chapter 8 from 32, 34 up to 36. So the first ingredient or the first key thing in answering the how of laying down my life. Walk in the love of God. Walk in the love of Christ. And Christ showed us the example that despite the place of comfort that he had, he submitted to the will of the Father. And when he did that, the portion of scripture that we read in Philippians chapter 2, he says, for this reason, God highly exalted him. For this reason, God highly exalted him. You, you, you see, th th there's a very important principle there. Promotion in the kingdom of God comes from serving. Promotion in the kingdom of God comes from serving. When you lay down your life, God will exalt your life. It sounds ironic because there are two, these are things that are contrast. But that is what happens. And we've got examples as we have read. He says, for this reason, God highly exalted Christ. God high, didn't only exalt him, but highly exalted him. Why? Because he laid down his life. He had the love of the Father. The love for the Father is something that was always before him. In other words, what is it that I can do to please my Father? That's an important ingredient when it comes to laying down our lives. The second thing is the issue of commandment. In other words, what has God said? Or what has God instructed? In John 13, from verses 34 to 35, Jesus speaking to the new to the disciples says, A new commandment that I give to you is that you love one another. As I have loved you. Always going back to the example, a new commandment that I give to you is that you love one another. As I have loved you. That you also love one another. 
By this, many will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. The same scripture, he, he, he repeats it in the book of John chapter 15. Says, look, a new commandment says, love one another. And you see, the love is, is a great commandment. It's a great commandment. I know many of us know the Ten Commandments. But there is a commandment of love that has been given, which then encompasses or encapsulates all the other commandments. The commandment of love. And he has given us that commandment. That we love one another. How do we do that? We prioritize the love of the Father. Because whenever one is in love, the desire is always to please the one that you profess to love. And the one whom we profess to love has said, love one another. Love one another. Let's, let, 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 let's turn to the book of um, First John, First John three. Uh, First John three. And I'm going to read from verse twenty. From verse 23. And I'm going to ask uh, Baba Nokwara to read verse 22 and 23. It's 1 John 3. Yes, sir. Yes, he says, look, and yeah, thank you. And this is his commandment that we should believe on the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and love one another as he gave us commandment. Laying down my life for me to know the how part I must know the love of God and allow the love of God to flourish within me. And I must be mindful of the commandment. Hallelujah. Because it says, we must believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and love one another as he gave us commandment. Meant. 
Hallelujah. And Galatians tells us, he says that, you see, for all the law is fulfilled in one word. Loving your neighbor as yourself. So the issue of love is, is so, you know, profound. And we'll go in and read another common scripture that speaks on what this love is. Because we are not talking about love as we, have, as we know it in our, in our day-to-day life. But we, we, our, our desire is that the love that we speak of in the day-to-day life may align with the love that has been brought about or revealed to us from the Word of God. So, love is key. And secondly, obey the commandment. You see, with the commandment, there are only two things that you can do with the commandment. You can either obey or disobey. That's what, those are the only two things you can do with the commandment. But it's our prayer this, this morning that Lord help me as an individual to obey the commandment of love. That through it, I may indeed say I have laid down my life for the brethren. Because that is what you have said I should do in 1 John 3.16. That I lay down my life for the, for the brethren. And we remind ourselves of what this love is. Of what this love is. The same love that Christ manifested even in his walk here on earth. And the same love that we are being encouraged to walk in. Let's turn our Bibles to the book of 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians, uh, and we are going to go to what we have termed the, the scripture of love. Which is 1 Corinthians chapter 13. And this portion of scripture brings out what God regards as love. Because love has got a character and love has got a, a, a being, if I, if I may use that word. So from verse 1, you know, the, the, the apostle was speaking of him, or wrote of him, speaking with tongues of men, and of all angels, in other, walking in the gifts of the Spirit. But if I do not have love, I become like a sounding brass and a clanging cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy, and so he, he speaks of the, the various gifts, 
But I, I will then go to verse 4 where the love of God is now spoken of in detail. And even in, in, in my prayer life and in your prayer life, the desire is that as you pray to walk in the love of God, be mindful of this thing. He says, love never fails. Whether there are prophecies, they will fail. And whether there are tongues, they will cease. Whether there is knowledge, it will vanish away. But he says, look, love never fails. And it says, love suffers long. In other words, love is long-suffering. So love never fails. In other words, it should love doesn't get to a place so love has ceased. But it says love never fails. And it says love suffers long. It is always there to continue to express itself. Even though the things that are coming against it may seem to be ongoing, but it says love suffers long. It says, and love is kind. In other words, love is got a soft heart. It says love does not envy. Love does not envy or otherwise become jealous of what the other person has achieved or what the other person has, has got. Love does not do that. He says it does not envy. And he says love does not parade itself. He says love, in other words, is not proud. And it doesn't do that. And uh, uh, he says love is not puffed up. Love is not to, to show that, look, I am the one. He does not do that. Because even if we look at it, our example, Christ Jesus, Nothing of that nature was there in him. He says, love is not puffed up. He says, love does not behave rudely, but love is courteous. He says, love does not seek its own. Love is, in other words, love is not selfish, but love is selfless. Love is not provoked. Love thinks no evil. And love does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. So the word they explicitly then brings out the character of love meaning that i can actually use this as a checklist am i behaving rudely am i being puffed up am i parading myself am i envy am i self-seeking and any response which is which is, which is contrary to a yes it means that I'm going to say, Lord, help me to walk in love because it is only when I then walk in this love that I am able to put the interests of others 
ahead of the interests or ahead of my own interests. Or in other words, that's the only time I am able to surrender to a greater cause. That I may serve others. That it may not be about my comforts. But I may serve others. And as I begin to serve others, God highly exalts. As I serve in my expression of love, God will exalt. So that's how we lay down our lives for the brethren. You're going to come across people with needs. And needs will vary from... Needs can be anything, really. But with the love of God working in you and allowing it to flourish in you and with, the, with your will to obey the commandment to love one another, you are able to lay down your life for the brethren. And when you do that, like we read, you have not lost your life, but you have literally gained your life. You have literally gained your life. You are like a seed. You know, when a seed is planted, you know that it first dies. Then it starts then developing the root system and everything else that, that, that it develops. And that's the place where we are as, as, as a people of God. And you must, you must understand that, you see, unless a seed dies, then it then begins to, to, do, to, to bring that germination and everything else that happens to it. It will remain alone. But when it first dies, then goes through the process of developing a root system. We all know what happens to a May seed. You might plant one of it, but you will have a whole cob full of the same seed which others can even benefit from. Unlike if I just said, I will keep this seed. So what are we encouraging ourselves this morning? Father, help us to lay down our lives for the brethren. Father, help us to surrender to a greater cause. Help us to understand the love of Christ. The love which is so high. The love which is so deep. The love which is so wide. And the love which is so long. That love which passes knowledge. Which is beyond my intellect. Help me to walk in it. And as I do that. 
my life will be laid down for the brethren. Use First Corinthians 13 as a checklist. It's always good that in the kingdom of God to introspect. Hmm? Introspect. In other words, sit down on your own and say, but Lord, where am I concerning what you have said? Introspect. Don't wait for others to, to come and no, no. We, 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 have, we, we, have, we have not been given that mandate to be class monitors or things like that. But self-introspect. I've, I've read what your word says about the character and about the nature of love. Because I need love and obedience to your commandment for me to be able to live the life of laying down my life for so that's what we wanted to share this this uh, morning, brethren. And the prayer is that we self-introspect because the how part is meant for us to live the word or to make this word alive in us. That's the how part in which we have spoken. And the two ingredients, love and obedience to the commandment. Father, I thank you for every man, every woman, and every child who has heard your word today. I know you have touched their lives in your own unique way and in a way that speaks to the place where they are. Thank you, Father, that that work that you have begun in them, you are faithful to bring it to completion. I pray for joy, Lord. The joy of salvation just to flood our hearts. Because your commandment, oh God, is not burdensome. It is not burdensome. But it is life-giving to us. We thank you for your faithfulness. And we give you all the glory and all the honor. This morning. And we all say, Amen. Amen. Yes, yeah, so, so be encouraged, uh, brethren. And um, put the interests of others ahead of yours. That is laying down your life. Yes, over to you, Baba Nupara. Thank you.